All right, mama, you started your business because you're great at what you do and you want to do it on your terms. Hello, freedom and flexibility. But you're a couple of years in, handcuffed your biz more overwhelmed than ever. You feel like you're not doing anything well at work or with your fam. If that's you, stay tuned. I'm Ridhu Parikh, mom of two, wife of one, former professional organizer turned productivity pro, here to help women like you with growing businesses stop drowning and start controlling all your demands and distractions. Welcome to Productivity on Purpose. All right. Hello, friends. I've got a treat for you today. I cannot wait to introduce you to my new friend, Haley Rowe. She is awesome. You're going to love her. We're having such a great conversation on all things sales and money and mindset. Uh, um, You're going to hear a bunch from Haley, but I'll give you just a quick little overview. And then Haley, I'd love to have you jump in and tell us about yourself. But Haley helps women business owners get clients consistently, develop their no-brainer offers, and grow their income and impact. So welcome, Haley. Yes. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Me too. Uh, So let's just kick off. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing. You're helping women. How did you get there? And um, yeah, just kind of like what what brought you to this place today? Absolutely. So back in 2010, I knew I loved business. I knew I loved personal growth. I did not know what I wanted to do with those interests. And so naturally, I got a lot of coaching certifications to discover what I wanted to do. And I got my bachelor's in entrepreneurship as well, because I've always known I want to have a business. But again, just wasn't quite sure how I wanted it to take shape. So After I graduated, I got um, work in business development and marketing for wellness startups and got the whole startup experience where you are forced to wear many hats and you have to kind of figure it out and you only have a certain amount of time and it's just kind of like, good luck and get this done. (laughs) And so I loved that experience, but one of the startups that I worked with and for uh, ended up they had a bunch of delays. They overhired too quickly. They had a bunch of equipment they overbought and had to figure out. So anyways, the entire team was let go and I was included in that. So that's when I decided, you know what, I want to do, I want to work for myself. I want to figure this out. And so I still kept the theme of, you know, business development and marketing, but I started to help business owners and specifically a lot of business owners in the wellness space, a lot of service based business owners. I work with a lot of coaches, um, people like that. So that's how I got into what I do today. And I think the main takeaway from all of that was even though if you're, you know, afraid or think something's uncertain, like you think entrepreneurship is uncertain or things like that, I found out that it actually, no matter what, things are uncertain. So you might as well do what you want to do. Oh, I love that. I also, it's so funny because I just recently was talking with a, a colleague and I was saying, I never meet, and this is probably because our age difference, maybe even, but I never meet anyone who actually studies entrepreneurism, entrepreneur, entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. entrepreneurship, um, and then becomes an entrepreneur. So often it's sort of like the accidental entrepreneur. Yeah. It's like the person who didn't even think they were going to be and ends up in it. And it's so cool that 
to see you actually studying this and being like, having that vision, I guess, when you were younger, say, that's yeah. what I want to do one day. Because I think so many of us just don't. We just sort of end up here and we're like, what? Like, totally. What That's so cool. Yeah. I mean, and there's stuff you just can't prepare for, but yes. I will say I'm one of the only people who uses their major or actually did yes. what I majored in. <laughs> no one does that. That's really yeah. cool. That is. Okay. So I'm really excited about today because one of your many talents is really thinking through sales, sales confidence. Um, and I'm, I, I haven't talked that much about this on the podcast. I'm so excited to hear, you know, all your thoughts about this, but I'll tell you a little bit about probably who's listening right now. Um, and a lot, you know, a lot of my clients and listeners often there's, well, they kind of follow like one or two buckets. So sometimes they don't have an issue with getting clients in the sense, like they've built this business on referrals or word of mouth and things are going great. Right. But they know they should be reaching out or networking and thinking about sales, like connecting more you know, directly with their ideal clients, like with, with other mm-hmm. prospects, but they just like, don't even have the time for it. Right. It's just like so busy yeah. running the business. And then there's the other, uh, the other group that maybe this is like a little bit more of a struggle. Like they really, they do need some more clients, but they're still also really overwhelmed. And the mm-hmm. thought of even thinking about that feels so overwhelming, like sitting down and having like a sales plan and, you know, mm-hmm. like a system, it feels so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. So um, so th- keeping that in mind, I would love to hear, you know, just some tips or maybe we'll just start by kind of like foundational. Cause I think you're so good at like this yeah. building the basics and building the foundation. Like what are some ways or do you have tips and how to connect with these ideal clients out there or these prospects in a way that is meaningful, but it doesn't feel like, oh my God, this is going to take my, over my entire life and my entire day. Yeah. Totally. Okay. So first I think you're right that a lot of, I I talked to a lot of business owners who are like, oh yeah, I just get a ton of word of mouth. That's going really smoothly. And you always want to be one step ahead where, you know, sales is the lifeblood of your business. And if for some reason, one avenue of clients dries up, you still have some other avenues going because we've all seen when like a social media platform gets messed up or, you know, whatever. And so you want to be constantly bringing in new potential clients and continue nurturing them because this process of nurturing a lead takes touch points and it takes a lot of work these days because our attention online is so distracted and so short that it used to be like you could have seven to you know, 18 touch points with somebody and they might sign up. Now it's like 77. It's like way more than (laughs) what it used to be. So the key is to don't wait until you're in a desperate time to get this thing rolling, take different avenues and be building them up so that you're never stuck. Now, as far as basics for how do you find your ideal clients and how do you sell to them? I first want to just start with the definition of sales, and then we'll talk about what leads up to that. So I don't know if you're familiar with Dan Sullivan, but I love his definition of it. And he says that selling is getting somebody intellectually and emotionally engaged in a solution that's good for them. So notice it says that's good for them, meaning it's something they want to do and that they see as a solution for them intellectual, what that means is your features are that, is that figured out? Is, is that aligned with what they're looking for? And then emotionally is more 
Do, does it solve their dream outcomes and their pain points? So taking that definition, what needs to happen before a sale is you have to communicate the dream outcomes and the pain points that you're solving for somebody in your marketing. And the process to do that is a couple things. One, and I like to distill it to the basics first, and then we can talk about how to specifically do it in the most streamlined way or save time doing it. So first, you got to connect with your ideal clients. So going back to your question about how do we do that, I would start by thinking about who have been your best clients if you've had customers and where did they come from? If they came from Google, did they come from word of mouth? And if they came from word of mouth, that's great, but we're going to figure out how can you create a referral program now or a referral partnership where it's amplifying what's already working. So that's the first thing is you got to think about where have I connected with the best clients and how can I amplify that? Or how can I build a system around it, like a standard operating procedure that a virtual assistant could do for me so it isn't taking up all my time? So that's the first thing is, how are you going to connect with new people daily that are your ideal people? Can I add one one thing to that that I've been really, really focusing on lately that's been helping me a lot is... Uh, as I'm thinking, you know, always thinking sales and prospecting. And of course, and I think it's so smart. I, I totally agree with you. Like circle back to, you know, do an analysis on your clients. Like where are they mostly coming from? What's that number one kind of referral source? But the thing I've been doing now, really digging deeper into is what was like the, I guess it's the behavior or what was the trigger? I think that's the right word. The trigger at that point that mm-hmm. made them sign up. So even if it's like, okay, like lately I've been, um, for example, let's say I have lots of lawyer, female lawyer clients. Well, that's still a, a lump of, of amazing women. But like, what was it specifically that turned for, like, what was the trigger for a few of them? And now I can really pinpoint it to, okay, like, a bunch of them had a very thing. They were not even able to like get their billable hours in because they're just so full that they don't have time to get paid. So that might be like yeah. an example of a trigger. And if I can, if you can distill it down to a trigger, I think that really helps your marketing and sales too, right? Because you're like, yeah, now I even it's even like further like funneled down. Yeah. Yes. So those are the pain points. Yeah, they, there's a thought. There's just something yeah. I thought that might help. that's the pain point that they paid you to solve. So anytime you can find out the dream outcome or the pain point that they hired you for, that's valuable info to now lead with when you are, you know, Mm -hmm. marketing online. So first question is where are your best people coming from and how can you amplify or get in front of or create a system around that to keep that going? The second thing is to the second step of, you know, what I call my four basics of client attraction is to inquire So we never want to force a, especially if you're doing relationship building sales or like you work with clients one-on-one or something like that, you never want to just go straight to, hey, I have this solution that you didn't even know if they have a problem around. So you want to inquire. And so when you connect with somebody, either welcoming them to your Facebook page or welcoming them to your Instagram or welcoming them because they know a friend and a friend introduced you, or you met them at a networking event or whatever, you want to now take the next step and take an interest in them and see like, I'm curious, like, and then usually the kind of question you can come up with can, can be centered around the pain points or dream outcomes that you mentioned. So you mentioned somebody who, you know, they don't even have time to, to, you know, build their clients and do all that. So a question you might ask is, are you struggling to keep afloat with everything on your plate? 
or something like that, where you're just trying to get a feel for, do they even have an issue with this or what are they, what do they want? And maybe you're not the right person to help them, but you can refer them or to somebody else or whatever. So that's the second step is inquire. And then you want to offer something like that I call a pre-offer, which in marketing, that means something that gives value upfront, but gives you somewhere to go with them. So in other words, it's, it's a guide you made or a video, a quick video you have, or a free consult where you're going to teach them something or whatever it is. Um, and a free trial even, or some kind of class they can watch. And then the next step is to invite to the sale conversation or the sales process, however that looks for you. So this process is something that you have to build at least, you know, start with one system around. So right now, whether you realize it or not, if you're getting clients, you have some kind of thing going on. (laughs) <laughs> with this, with true. these four right. steps. Something's gotta, working. Yeah. Yeah. You got to figure out what those are. But if you already feel like you're tapping that out or you want to have a new avenue, use the same process for a different avenue. And that's kind of what I would say to begin with. Awesome. Okay. I like it. I like how it's broken down. We are very, this audience, I think, is we're very process oriented. So that was great. Awesome. Okay. So let's say, let's, you know, you're like, this sounds great, right? In theory, like this is what I want to do. I want to have those touch points. Um, I'm somewhat familiar with those pain points, but I need to amplify them and mm-hmm. you invite them. But where do I find the time for this? I'm like doing a hundred yeah. things, doing the marketing and doing the finance. I'm servicing yeah. the clients and taking care of my team. Yeah. Um, this, it feels, what if this feels daunting? What if it feels like yeah. I never have the time? How do you make this a priority? Totally. So the first thing is to ask yourself, what is first the lowest hanging fruit to just pick as your first thing? So if it's like, you know what, honestly, the easiest and fastest way for me to get my next sale and client would be to send out uh, a thank you note to so-and-so who referred somebody and ask if she knows two other people who want a free call or something like that. Like just start with the lowest hanging fruit and book it on your calendar. But the other thing is you got to start removing, you got to make room for this. So you have to decide what's more what resources are most important to you. So first, is it that right now you're bootstrapping and you want to put in the time to this, or you want to hire somebody who knows what they're doing to do this for you, or you want to learn how to do it yourself first and then delegate because you have a system around it. So first, I would just ask yourself, what resources do I want to use to do this? Is it time, money, you know, outsourcing, et cetera? And once you get clear on that, if you're deciding to do it, you got to start. I always, and I know you talked about time management on my podcast, which you, you know, I always say do a time audit on yourself and see what are the repetitive tasks you're constantly doing that you could either build a system around and, you know, film yourself doing it once and then have a virtual assistant do it, or you could outsource or that's which things can you just drop because there's no reward you're reaping from it or it's not necessary. Um, Like looking at what are the repeatable tasks that you can either stop doing, outsource, or build an easier system around or batch for yourself. And then once you look at that, then you can start to see where are you going to fit in this new time for marketing? And if you're like, oh, I just can't do it because I have too much stuff and my client delivery is taking up all my time, then you kind of have to like start thinking about 
how can you scale this better? So you might need to explore, do I need to take on less clients and raise my prices? Do I need to have more of a hands-off option for clients in addition to the one that I'm doing that's really hands-on? Um, do I need to have a street team of referral partners or whatever, or like get channel my marketing efforts to be more one-to-many instead of one-to-one? So in other words, rather than um, constantly doing one-on-one free consults, if you're tapped out with that, you might have to start doing like a webinar that people come to once a month and it's everybody at once and then pre-qualify to the next step or something like that. So just asking yourself these questions, doing a bit of an audit on your time and your attention. I just heard this really amazing tip from Brooke Castillo to do an attention audit on yourself and look at where am I spending my attention? Where do I want to be spending my attention? What rewards am I yielding from where I'm spending my attention? How can I be more efficient with what I'm giving my attention to? And The last thing I'll say is you don't have time for all the mindset drama on top of all this. So in other words, if you're short on time already and you want to make time for marketing, but you're overthinking every step and you're a perfectionist with every email you send and every picture has to be perfectly placed and you, you know, spend two hours trying to come up with one idea for one content post, then that is the first thing that has to be addressed and has to go because you will never be able to be more efficient when you're carrying so much like heavy mindset drama about each step and each task. Yeah. Oh my God. There's so much there to talk about. Okay. But okay. so I want to back up and go with one of the first things you said was, and I really love this, instead of thinking about this is like one more thing I have to add in, like now I've got to do my sales. Now I've got to do the prospecting. It's like, what can you take away? So like start there. It's like, what can you take away before you're even thinking you want to add this in? Because something has got to go to like make more time and more space and more energy. But I also really then like, then we can circle it back to the mind, the mind drama, because maybe that's what needs to go away. Yeah. Maybe it's just like, if I just got rid of my mind drama, <laughs> if I just got mm-hmm. rid of this, yeah, the perfectionism, if I got rid of like, it has to be this way or this won't sound right. You know, if I let go of that doubt and fear, Maybe it's not even a physical thing like the invoicing or the other stuff. You know, maybe if you just let go of some of that mind stuff, it will give you the time and energy and space. Um, yeah. So I love that. I think that, uh, yeah. And I talk to clients about this as well. It's like, let's hone in on a couple services or a few versus like the, you know, everything A to Z that you're offering right now. And, mm-hmm. um, but that brings up a lot of fear. So can you maybe talk a little bit more about that sort of like this idea of, so I'll just give you really um, like a specific example, uh, with, uh, just work with a physical therapist and so there's certain, uh, certain services she's offering for a lower cost, but taking just as many hours as something for a, a service that's twice the amount of money in the same amount of time. Right. And so I was really encouraging her to drop the service. Like, it's just not worth your time mm-hmm. anymore for everything you have to do and everything you're doing. And it was, a lot of fear around that kind of like, well, mm-hmm. what will, one, it's everything like, what will I tell my clients? What will people think of me? How can I drop this after offering it for so long? Um, won't it look, won't it make me look wishy-washy? There's a lot of almost like this, uh, like we're so worried about what everything, everyone else yeah. is going to think about our business. Right? Mm-hmm. And what do you, what do you tell your clients about that? Or how do we think about that kind of mind drama? Yeah. So I think the first thing to realize is nothing's gone wrong. Your brain's job is always to be looking out for problems and, you know, 
we're always looking for what's wrong instead of what could be right about this. So I think the first thing is just to acknowledge like it's okay that I'm afraid that people will have their opinions, but you can't prevent that. And no matter what you do, people are going to have opinions. So rather than asking what could go wrong with this, you got to ask what could be the upside of this and how could this actually be better for my audience and my clients and what, you know, knowing too, that you can always go back. I think people like freak out that if they're going to make a decision, it has to be the right one. And it has to be like work out a certain way. And the truth is there is no, the only decision that's the right decision is the one you just decide is right and line up with and you make it work the best it can. So rather than having FOMO or like fear of missing out, and letting that keep you in indecision, ask yourself, what could be the upside of this? What could be the best case scenario? And give equal amount of attention to that, not just what could go wrong with this. And the other thing is you have to get comfortable with letting people have opinions about you. You've never been able to control that. You never will be able to control that. It's nice to worry about it because it makes you think you can, but you can't. So there's no point in putting yourself through it. A, in an imaginary way in your head when you don't even know they're going to think that. And then B, if they do actually think that when you make that choice, you have to go through it twice because you worried about it. And now they're, they're doing that. So (laughs) I think it's better to just, you know, focus on what's the decisions options. What are the reasons for making each decision and which decision, which reasons come from abundance and growth and best service to my clients on which, you know, which one is the better choice based on that instead of scarcity, making the decision out of fear and out of staying, staying comfortable and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. It's so funny. Whenever I, I'll tell my clients, like, just think about how you interact with other brands and what your thought process is, because that's how people think about us. But when we, when it's about our brand, all of a sudden we magnify what they're thinking. So for example, yeah. if you're like, if you shop at Target or Costco or Starbucks or something, and you go buy something and two months later, they don't offer it anymore, right? Or they've changed the price. It's either gone on sale or it's more expensive. You're not like, what's wrong with this company? They must be unstable. They must be really wishy-washy. Like we don't think that about any other company, but we're so hard. Like we, like the thoughts that go in our head of what other people are thinking about us are just don't make any sense. Right. But we all do it. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, often I'll just say, just think about, you know, you being how you think about other brands. Like it's not yeah. a big deal. We're all so busy. We don't have time to think about what, what's happening with somebody else's business. It's just like, Oh, okay. You don't have any more. You're not doing this. All right. You know, I'll find another way or, or we'll work on something else together. You know, and that's it. Yeah. So, yeah, for sure. Um, and then equally, I think stressful for uh, women is, okay, so let's say they decide, oh, I'm I'm going to limit this service or really just instead of limit, that's kind of more scarcity, but the abundance is I'm going to focus on something that's just easier, more profitable, more enjoyable, better experience, whatever it is, right? It's something like that just makes more sense. Um, sometimes this means then increasing your prices mm-hmm. and um, there's a lot of drama around that. How do I tell my clients? They, or they won't use me anymore. Um, you know, what will they think? I kind of that again, but also just like, how do I, how do I, from a sales perspective, let's bring it back to that, even let people know my prices are going up or have gone up. Like what's, is there a right way and a wrong way for that? 
Yeah. So I think the first, the reason why we have so much price drama a lot of the time is because we are trained to be in a like dollars per hour or product per unit or, you know, per dollar type of mindset. And the way that I think about price and value positioning is not that way. I think of it as what is the point A to point B tangible changes in someone's life they're going to experience as a result of your product, your tool, your service, your thing, and focus on that. And that's what the price should be based off of. So for example, in my when I coach clients, I'm teaching them marketing and sales skills that over time can cause a lot of amazing things in their business, a lot of dividends, a lot of aha moments about themselves, a lot of, you know, more clients, like all that kind of stuff. And so rather than me saying, Hey, I got a six session package for X dollars. It's more like, okay, you're going to learn point A to point B. You're going to experience this and this, you're going to be able to do X, Y, and Z. And those that's a big deal for somebody for the rest of their life. So a one-time investment of a certain amount is not a lot in my mind. And so when you have confidence and conviction in your price, your your other people on the other end, if you've done a good job at value positioning and understanding their needs and communicating the point A to point B of your product, service, or program, they're not going to have a problem with it either. But when you're shaky and you feel like it's under-delivering and it's bad and it's not worth that much, then you're going to have an issue with with changing your prices. And so I don't think you should change your prices just because you feel like charging more. I think you should change your prices because you're like, this is a bargain for, you have to sell yourself first. Like this is a freaking bargain for the skills, the tools, the transformation they're going to receive from this product, from this service, that kind of thing. So if you're not clear on that and you're not clear on what your customers truly value the most about your services, you got to find that out first. And then when you're going to change your prices, you got to communicate that and, you know, position that without doubt or like being like, it's this much, but I'll give you a discount for this. You know, I hear that all the time. So as far as transitioning your price with, with somebody who's already experienced your pricing at a different rate, that one's a little trickier because you have to almost like pre-educate or pre, um, kind of shift the mindset. Cause if they've always been in dollars per hour mindset, and so have you, it's going to be a harder sell, but I would suggest going forward with your new sales and marketing systems with new customers, you want to communicate from that different way we've just talked about. Yeah. So I wrote down two things there that we're we really want to make sure everyone hears. Number one is sell yourself first, ladies. You got to sell yourself first, right? If you don't believe in it, if you're wishy-washy, if you're not, if you're like, you know, just not feeling confident about that price, it's never going to come through. You're not going to have the right energy. But the second thing I also want to say is what you said earlier was nothing is set in stone. Like, just try it. Like, who cares? Like, honestly, we're too attached to to these thoughts. If we just try it and maybe, maybe you realize, okay, no one is buying at this price and maybe I need to lower it. Or maybe you do it and you're like, no one blinks an eye. And you're like, well, why didn't I do this months ago? So Mm you'll never know just sitting sitting and playing these mind games. Like you just have to try it. Like it's not set in stone. If it works, great. If it doesn't, we'll make an adjustment. You know, and I think if we can like 
take our businesses. Sometimes you think we're just so serious about it and just like take them more lightly in a way, even though I know there, it is the biggest thing. And it's, it's such an important thing in our life. And I'm not saying it's not like, don't take it seriously, but sometimes we, I think we take ourselves too seriously. Maybe that's what it is. Totally. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, great. Well, thank you so much. This has been awesome. Uh, please go back a uh, friend and go back and listen to some of these tips. It's just, they are, sometimes it's like the fundamentals are just what's what we're missing. We're so busy trying to do the next thing that we're like, if we just get back to the basics, like that's, what's going to build our businesses. Um, is there any other like thought or anything you want to like, you're like, I wait, there's one thing I really wanted to say that I didn't get a chance to say. And then, and then I want to find out how we can connect with you. Um, I would say two things. One, you've, you've kind of brought this up subtly, which is focus on what is going to have the biggest domino effect in your business and focus on that first. And then the second thing you, that I want to acknowledge is a lot of this stuff when we have mindset drama, it's like about me, me, me. It's about, I don't want to come across this way. I don't want them to think I'm X, Y, Z. And anytime you're doing that, I always say in your business, your business is a separate entity from you and you want to focus on them. So shift the questions to how can I best help them? How can I listen to communicate their needs? How can I get out of my own head and focus on the service I'm providing in my video instead of how I look and how I sound? Like, So always shift your questions to something more empowering, something more about who you're serving. And I think that'll help a little bit with the mindset drama. That is gold. That is such good advice. Like turn the spotlight from yourself to your customers. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much, Haley. I really, really appreciate all your time and all your wisdom. Can you please tell us where can we find you? How can we get connected to you and your brilliance? Yeah. So thank you for having me. I am on Instagram at instagram.com slash Haley underscore row. It's H-A-I-L-E-Y underscore R-O-W-E. I also met HaleyRow.com. I have the Health Coach Nation podcast. That one's for health coaches, life coaches, but it can definitely apply to service providers on growing your business. And then I have a free superhero sales journal for your audience. Um, and that's going to help you with sales drama, sales, you know, confidence. If you do need to raise your rates, it's going to help you through that process. So if you go to hayleyrow.cartra.com slash page slash sales journal, which I'm sure you'll put that in the show notes because that's a little tricky link. Um, you can get the sales journal, or if you just want to DM me on Instagram and say sales journal, I'll remember to send it to you, but that's the link for now. <laughs> awesome. That sounds like a great resource. Okay. Sales journal. Go ahead. I'll put the link. So it's really easy to click on at the end of this. You can click on it and make sure you get your hands on there. Thank you so much. I loved having you. Thank you. All right, sweet friends. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and found a lot of value from it. Also, if you like what you're hearing, you're seriously going to love my emails. If you're not on my list yet, be sure to sign up at lifeisorganized.com forward slash best week. You'll quickly see why so many amazing women who are juggling it all are showing up week after week. You'll get tips about getting control of your time, energy, and thoughts. And you'll also get personal behind the scenes, look into my world that I only share over there. So come on over to lifeisorganized.com forward slash best week. You'll also get your free training, go from scattered to a plan that sticks for women business owners who look put together, but don't feel that way. Thanks so much for your time, your energy, your positive vibes. And I will see you again next time on Productivity on Purpose. Bye for now. Bye for now.